Hello, and welcome to episode 20 of Carry On With Carrie podcast. Today, I'm happy to welcome Sherry Lynn Shaw to the show. She is the owner of Transcend Wellness. She is an energy practitioner and an awakening mentor. Welcome. Thanks. I'm so delighted to be here. Oh, I'm so happy. Um, yeah, I'm thrilled to have you here. So Thank you. Um, if you wanted to, oh, so um, in the bio, I kind of mentioned a lot about, you know, what your offerings are. And um, can you kind of just give a little bit of a rundown about, um, say, your energetic system and the spiritual side of it? Yeah. So, I mean, the way that I really help people right now is um, we work on the energetic system in the body, you know, and I use various energy modalities, different tools like Reiki, the emotion code, body code, and more um, to help balance, to help release things that are currently held, you know, maybe from the past and um, just really to help create that openness in mm -hmm. the energy system, which if we think about it, like we have this physical body, but we also have an energy body. And I never really thought about that aspect before, but that energetic system is important because it really feeds all of our, our parts of our being, you know, our, our organs, our systems. And so, you know, the, the different tools that I use are, it's a custom approach for each individual because everybody's so different, has different experiences, different backgrounds, different exposures. Um, and we really allow their body to help guide our way, you know, what is the next step that will really help you, you know, very custom to you? How can I best help? How can we help you get over this hurdle or whatever it is? Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, the energetic side is really, it can help with health on all men, you know, all levels, mental, emotional, physical. Um, and so I'm really passionate about that. Mm -hmm. And on the spiritual side, this was, I never really saw myself going into any of this, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I was not open to this. I did not believe in this, um, but I had health issues. And so I needed some help. And, you know, the more I connected with my spirit and, you know, kind of that, the energetic side of me, mm -hmm. that's when really big shifts happen. So now I help people to really connect with their truth, with their essence, with their soul, their spirit, and to operate from that place as opposed to you know, all from logic and mind, mm -hmm. which often gets us into places that aren't really where we want to be. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's hard to relate to the, you know, it's not everybody relates to that side of it, right? Correct. Right. I certainly didn't. Yes. And I was not willing to go that I was looking for the, the logic, the three mm -hmm. steps that I need to take that will get me to, you know, that place of success. And that wasn't working for me anymore. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. So. so it now with that, um, you, you had mentioned when when we talked about you coming on the show and that you were quite open to to discuss any of any kind of like mental health issues that you you yourself may have had in the past or any um, any experiences that you have had related to mental health. And I appreciate yeah. that. So are you willing to like, is that something that you're OK to share? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So. Um, you know, I'm in my forties now, early forties. And, uh, the first, well, the first part of my life really has been, um, up and down with mental health in terms of anxiety and depression. Um, I went through a phase even as a teen where I was like extremely happy and then extremely down, you know, there's probably labels for all of those conditions. Um, 
but definitely I experienced a lot of challenges, um, in my teens in particular, you know, I went through a depression after my niece had passed actually. And so I was 14 and she was 18 months and I, I couldn't make sense of that. And I couldn't, I didn't have the capacity to process it either. Mm -hmm. And so that was a really steep downward spiral that I took. Um, you know, depression was, I was like rock bottom. You know, there was one night that I did kind of like a call for help, a cry for help, a suicide attempt that, you know, I didn't try very hard to be honest, but, Mm -hmm. you know, I did have a razor at my, my wrist and, you know, after that point, like, it was like something shifted in me. I was like, please, someone help. Like, I don't believe in this whole like universe God thing, but like, I don't know what else to do. And so after I did that, it was like certain things started to shift, you know, and, um, Anyway, so it took me years to kind of navigate through. There was a lot of numbing mm-hmm. in those in those days. Uh, alcohol was huge. Anything that I could really do to stay busy and to not think about what was going on and deal with, you know, the, the not nice feelings. Mm-hmm. And so it was, you know, finally I got into the workforce and, you know, started to create a career for myself and really, um, you know, make progress as far as I was concerned. Mm-hmm. And I found that there were health issues that were popping up. You know, it was it was more than just the depression that would come and go. Um, but it was, you know, anxiety, extreme anxiety. Right. I had like OC tendencies that were starting to come together. Yeah. Extreme perfectionism. Um, you know, all these things that were almost like limiting life and keeping me in this small cage. Mm-hmm. And so, you know. I tried everything that I could do from like the typical system perspective to get beyond those things. And, you know, there was like jaw tension and like migraines coming up and, um, you know, there was a ton of lists, like my, my food sensitivities were coming up. So my, my Mm. digestion was always a mess and, and that really is not conducive for a work schedule. No. Um, all of that. Yep. And so I had to start looking a little bit deeper Mm -hmm. and, you know, I recall the first time, and I did work with a therapist at the time, so a psychologist. And I remember I was looking at her list of all the things that she could help as a psychologist. And mm-hmm. it was like, um, you know, certain eating patterns were things that I struggled with, um, you know, kind of that binge eating, that kind of starving, purging, you know, yeah. all kinds of not pleasant ways to treat my body. Right. Um, you know, the OC tendencies, the perfectionism, the this, the that. And I was like, oh, and I'm like, so, so let me get this straight. You, you're telling me that by dealing with my emotions, that that might help me get beyond these things. Just mm-hmm. like, yeah. And that was the scariest step I've ever taken in my life because I was like, oh, cause you're also asking me to like lean into the nasties that I've been avoiding and numbing myself from, yes. but that I can't escape from either mm-hmm. that just keep chasing me. And so I started working with her and she did help in many, many ways. And then I felt like at some point I got to kind of a plateau Mm -hmm. where there were still things there and I wasn't able to go further. So that's really when the energetic world started to open up to me. And I was working with a naturopath at the time. And, you know, so we were from everything from a physical perspective, like, let's look at all angles. What could be causing these? Yeah. And finally we had exhausted every avenue from her perspective. And she was like, you know what, what about sound therapy? Mm -hmm. You seem, you know, we had been talking about sounds and songs or something She's like, I feel like your body actually might respond quite well to that. And I right. was like, well, I'm willing to try it. I don't believe in it, but okay, maybe. Right. 
And so from there, the sound therapist that I went to, you know, she had suggested you need to come for Reiki. And I was like, I don't know what that is, but okay. Mm -hmm. And that Reiki session, I couldn't put my finger on it, but it just felt nice. Like I felt better. I'm like, I don't know what you did, but okay. And she's like, okay, come back again. I'm like, "Mm, I guess if I have to. Yeah. And so more and more throughout those sessions, I just started to notice shifts Mm -hmm. where I was able to do life a little bit better. Yep. Um, I didn't feel like I was drowning. I didn't feel like I was like everything was out of control. Mm -hmm. I just felt like I could actually like pick myself up and move forward. Right. So, I mean, one thing led to another, led to another. And I mean, each step along the way that I took action on kind of from that place of, well, I don't know that I believe it, but I'll give it a shot. It was just kind of another puzzle piece that helped to peel back some of those layers. Mm -hmm. And so now the modalities that I work with are the things that I found really helpful for me. And so not to say that what fit for me is going to work for everybody else, but we can use them as tools and Mm -hmm. we can ask your body and your, you know, your energy field for some guidance on where we need to go and find that path that feels right for each individual. So yeah, long story short, um, anxiety, depression, many different labels that, you know, we often experience with mental illness. Um, they have definitely been a part of my life and a struggle mm-hmm. and a challenge. And I'm at a point now where I haven't experienced those things in many years. Oh, wow. I never thought that I would get to that point. Right. I didn't realize that there was a freedom like that, that was available. Mm-hmm. So I'm so ridiculously grateful that I followed my heart and allowed myself to explore areas that I didn't necessarily understand or believe in. Right. But just to like dip a toe in and see how the water was mm, that worked. Mm, not so much. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. Yeah. It's okay to actually give those things a try, but to also use your head and your, you know, your heart to say, does this really feel good and right for me? Yeah. And yeah. follow your intuition. Yeah, exactly. Right. Which is what it's all about. Yes. 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 And so in that, do you feel like, um, so you're in, you kind of work off of your intuition Mm -hmm. and, um, now do you think that's something, I know we all have intuition. We all have that power to, to, to listen to it. And, but do you, is there a point where you noticed that you had kind of a higher sense or a higher vibration of intuition? Uh, yeah, well, so in my younger years, I didn't necessarily believe in intuition or like Mm -hmm. guiding from a heart at all. Yeah. Um, so when I was a child, I think I was actually pretty connected and like, to me, nature like was my place where I felt that connection very much. Yeah. Um, and so in my teens and my early twenties and whatnot, I was very disconnected from that. So I didn't listen to my gut, didn't listen to my intuition, didn't even know that that was what, how I was supposed to be driving or what would best help me to drive and navigate this life. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it was when I started, you know, actually giving those different modalities a try, like going for Reiki treatments, that I noticed that kind of those senses started to increase right. and get stronger. And so it's been a progress. It's been a, a process. I do believe, yes, that we all have, you know, we come from factory with intuition. Right. It's like life experiences that actually cause us to shut it off. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Of co- yes, yeah. definitely. Or like people who say like, you know, that's not safe. That's woo. That's not mm-hmm. true. You know, you're making that up. Yeah. It's all in your head or yeah. it's make believe kind of thing. So yeah. Or they'll speak poorly of, you know, that world because it's not 
necessarily the norm. Right. It's not and, something they know and mm-hmm. it's, yes, unfamiliar. Yeah, exactly. Uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, okay. I just wonder, like Reiki is, is quite common now as mm-hmm. well. Could you kind of give an idea of ex- like in your explanation of what Reiki actually is? Yeah. Yeah. So Reiki, um, the way that I view it, and this may not be the way that everybody would describe it, but I view it as universal life force energy. So it is the energy that flows through our bodies. It is the energy from the universe. And the process of a Reiki treatment is really the facilitation of um, bringing that energy through the practitioner to the person, to Mm -hmm. the person's body. And, you know, our bodies know where the energy needs to go. Right. So it's really... um, you know, a process of potentially releasing some blockages from opening things that are are closing, pardon me, opening things that are currently closed, but are supposed to be open, allowing that energy to flow in. You know, example of that is a chakra. Mm -hmm. Some people are familiar with that. The seven major ones are kind of at the crown of our head, third eye, middle forehead, I should say, uh, throat, heart, uh, solar plexus, upper abdomen, um, sacral, so lower abdomen and root, Mm -hmm. kind of at your tailbone. The way that I view those, they're kind of like energetic plugins, you know, portals or funnels that allow that energy to connect to our body and to flow in. Mm -hmm. So sometimes those can be closed off um, and, you know, Reiki can help um, to open them and to allow that energy to flow. Mm -hmm. So it's literally an approach to help nourish and nurture and balance the energetic system in the body. And when we energy or when the energy of a person's body is really balanced, the physical body can kind of follow suit. Uh-huh. It's almost like the energy sets a template and the, the physical aligns with that. Right. And that makes yeah. sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can, you can start off your day in a great mood and then you walk into a room that's maybe not so happy and you can feel that energy shift yes. immediately. Exactly. Right. So, I mean, it would, it's not hard to like, to me, that's just such a, um, obvious thing that we just don't really think about. Yes. Like we just don't, you know, realize yeah. it's, and, and you mentioned, um, vibrations, like, so you mentioned the sound therapy, mm-hmm. um, w- how did you find that when it was introduced to you? Was it like, so instantly, it, did you love it or no? Okay. No, none of these things instantly. I yeah. loved them. It was more so that I just noticed that I felt better. There was something there that just felt good. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it took me a number of years with the sound therapy to come around and to try again and to give it a shot. And you know, the beautiful thing about sound therapy is we use tuning forks to kind of work on different energetic pathways in the body to help Mm -hmm. clear any energetic blockages there. And, uh, you know, you can actually feel that frequency. You can feel like as the blockages kind of release Mm -hmm. and that energy will then flow to a different part. So I liked sound therapy because it was very, like, I could almost follow it. Right. Yes. I could almost wrap my head around. Okay. Yeah. There is a vibration. I understand that when I hit a tuning fork, I can feel the vibration. Right. Um, So that one was really, and even for my husband, when I do sound therapy on him, he's like, yeah, I get that. Mm -hmm. Reiki, he's like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel really relaxed, but it's just different. It's a little, he's not as sensitive to those subtle energies. Right. And that's Mm -hmm. where you kind of, if if you open up your mind to trying trying them at least, you kind of get a sense of... Mm -hmm. Um, if it's for you or not. Yeah. And, um, it's so as well as the, um, the sound therapy, it says color therapy as well. Yeah. So what, what is that? Yeah. So the involved? way that I learned, uh, to work with sound therapy is, is 
they go together, mm -hmm. sound and color. And so color is a frequency, just as sound is a frequency. And so each color has like an individual signature from an energetic perspective. Mm -hmm. And so known as frequency. And so, I mean, there's certain sounds that we know are like, they almost make us shudder like, oh, that's awful. Yeah. You know, chalkboard, you know, Jesus. fingers down it. That's not a nice sound. And then there's other sounds that they feel really pleasant in our body. They're enjoyable. And so the same thing applies with colors. Our body needs all frequencies of color, like the rainbow, to really be balanced. And so sometimes our body just needs, uh, like green is a great color for just general overall healing. Okay. Magenta can be as well for certain people. So we ask, you know, really tap into the body to understand, well, what color will best serve at that right. time. And so that color frequency can help um, to balance Mm -hmm. to kind of just permeate. It's more like a slow permeation into the body as opposed to sound is like we can direct it. Right. So, anyway. and is it something you guide, guide just through speech? Like what color are you oh. seeing? Is that like, how that you... can be, okay. It can be the way that I do it is I actually have a, like a lamp mm -hmm. and I've got color films okay. that are specific colors. And so we work with those. So I'll put the, the film on the lamp for the duration of the treatment mm -hmm. and it'll just like softly permeate the, into the energetic field and into the different layers. Oh, wow. So yeah, that's kind of how that works. So growing up, I had a yellow bedroom and I've heard since that yellow is actually not the best color for someone with depression. Now mm -hmm. I don't know why I heard this, so I'm not like, this is, <laughs> yes. this is just something I heard at one point. Um, and now my room where I'm at is almost like an indigo, like it's just a really soft purple. Mm -hmm. Like it's not even almost not even purple. It's like, I can't explain it. I, I was out um, in Koshin actually at the retreat at, or sorry, this summer and, um, the sunset had that perfect, like it was exactly the same color just above, you know, mm -hmm. the horizon. And now when somebody gravitates towards a color like that and you actually kind of notice that, mm -hmm. what does that, like, what would your meaning be or how would you explain that to somebody? Well, I would say that just as we gravitate to various things, you mm -hmm. know, it could be foods, could be colors, could be certain stones, crystals, um, you know, certain curiosities of things like activities or different techniques, those types of things. I think that that's always our well, typically anyway, I'll say our intuition nudging us saying mm -hmm. like, there's something about that. There's a reason that you're drawn to that. Right. Um, so from my perspective, I trust that and I roll with it. Mm -hmm. Like if I really feel strongly that like, and it makes my heart sore, like it's just that opening, like, yes, yeah. I need that in my life, then roll with it. Right. So, um, you know, our, our bodies are great at kind of giving us those signs. If we learn to kind of interpret what a like a hell yes is in our body versus mm -hmm. like a no right and yeah. is that something that you can help guide some yeah towards even whether it's color therapy sound therapy your yeah. um the body code and the emotional code so yes. what does that involve yes okay so to answer your first question yes Sorry. i do yes um more from like a spiritual connection perspective i do teach people how to kind of tap into their yes and their no so that they can kind of help guide themselves mm -hmm. Um, so the emotion code, I'll start with that. 
This is actually one of my favorites. And when I found this, when I stumbled upon it, I was like, this is a load. Like, this is never going to work. I've never heard of it. Yeah. I, I, I was like skeptic about everything. So I just need, like, I, I worked as a business analyst for the first 20 years of my career. It's very logical, very, yeah, you know, so, you know, all of this, I was not open to. So I was like, well, you know what, what is it going to hurt? like mm -hmm. to try. And so the concept with emotion code is we go through life and we have emotional experiences and we experience emotions. Let's just put it that way. Right. It's normal, natural. We do it every day. And they kind of have this life cycle where they start out and they, they peak and then they get to the top and then you know, we're really feeling them. And then if we just sit with them, they'll, they'll kind of dissipate off. And if we stop that process somewhere in the middle, we don't allow that life cycle to happen for that emotion. Mm -hmm. They can get stuck in our body. Right. So, you know, somebody might say, oh, suck it up. You might just feel like, no, I just need to stuff that down. Yep. And so that energy still stays. It's like this ball of energy now stuck mm -hmm. somewhere in our body, blocking the flow, the natural, normal flow of energy. And it could cause all kinds of challenges down the road. For right. me, I had like a terrible hip issue that was related to my niece's passing when oh. I was 14. So I later found as part of using myself as a guinea pig with the emotion code that it was a pocket of grief. So there are a number of different okay. emotions that I hadn't processed with that. Yeah. And so I released those and I never had the hip issue after. Oh, wow. And so, and I was literally at the chiropractor's office multiple times a week for it. Yeah. After that, nothing. nothing. I was like, wow, well, I cannot, like, I can't discount that. Mm -hmm. Like that just happened. Yeah. And I know what my life was before. I'm like, whoa. And was this somebody like a practitioner that did this to you or you no, did to so, yourself? So I was learning okay. the emotion code at the time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'd stumbled upon Dr. Bradley Nelson, who is, you know, the guy who put together the emotion code and the body code. And, um, and so I thought, well, I don't know that I believe in this, but I'll use, like, I'll start learning and mm -hmm. I'll, I'll see what it does on myself. Right. And so after I started seeing these, and then I took it very seriously, you know, he had kind of given some initial instructions. I actually went for the certification afterwards because right. I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, this is legit. So it can also, uh, you know, emotions can have also an emotional aspect, right? Like mm -hmm. we may have these certain trapped emotions and it's almost like we keep reproducing those or looking for the circumstances, trying to avoid them that might, you know, abandonment, for instance, you know, so when we can actually release those core emotions from when we were, ch you know, children really mm -hmm. that are causing us to like look for this and almost like call it to us by doing that because that's where we're putting our focus. Yeah. Um, we release those that can go away. So mm -hmm. some of those patterns, some of those like emotional storms that we kind of get ourselves into, you can start to kind of unravel the mess that actually creates those. Um, from a mental perspective, mental health, mm -hmm. it can also like those emotions that get trapped, they can impact how we're feeling and our, our, you know, on all levels. So emotion code is fantastic in the sense that it's a simple way to identify and release those trapped emotions without having to get back into the details of them. So that was the main difference I found from therapy to working with that. It's literally, you know, we, we energetically connect with the body. We are communicating with the body and asking for guidance. Like, is there anything there? Okay. Which emotion? All right. Well, then we just release it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we have to go into details, but most times not. So I, it was almost like, I think one of my clients more recently called it like a life hack or something like the best yeah. life hack. Cause it's just so simple. Um, so I really appreciate that about it. Body code goes a little bit deeper. Okay. So the body code looks at, okay, so you have this symptom, whatever it is that you're struggling with. 
what is the unique perfect storm of stuff behind the scenes that's mm -hmm. causing this? So it could be emotion, but it could be something else. It could be a toxin, a parasite, a misalignment. You might be holding on to like a physical trauma, like where you had an accident or a fall or surgery or an illness or something, and there's the energy of it still stuck. Um, so it can be a variety of things. It could even be related to beliefs, to be honest, or, you know, just certain things that you keep telling yourself as true and believe as true, but they're actually not. Right. You know, so the body code's a lovely, simple tool, again, to start peeling back those layers and releasing them energetically. And mm -hmm. so I find this to be such a powerful practice. So I love the emotion code and body code. Again, I started them. I was a skeptic. I'm like, I don't know. We'll see if they do anything. Yep. They've done stuff. <laughs> right. They're really awesome. Okay. So yeah. So these are some of the tools that I work with, with my clients. And you know, that if you were to come for a session, it doesn't mean that I would work with one of those. We kind of find the right tool that will, you know, best help you of my toolkit. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, but yeah. So, so what is it all that you do offer. Okay. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah. So in terms of services, um, you know, I've mentioned Reiki, emotion code, body code. I work with sound and color therapy, as we've talked about. I do work with crystals. So I'm a certified crystal therapist. And that's just really um, using the crystals in to actually you know, provide a treatment to your body to mm -hmm. help uh, use the frequency of the crystal to open up certain pathways. Um, you know, those can be really powerful. They're beautiful sessions. Um, I also work with universal spheres. So that's more about like calling higher vibrational potentials and possibilities into your life and into, you know, problem solving really, yeah. but problem solving with the universe. Mm -hmm. We see like the table in front of us as all of the options that are available, but there's actually millions and like infinite numbers of possibilities. Right. So that one's a little bit more interesting in that it's, you know, inviting higher vibrational possibilities forward. And I, I think that like, I was very skeptical of it, but it's kind of a fascinating tool to work with, to mm -hmm. be honest. And so we can use that for health. We can use that for circumstances in life, um, various different things. Uh, you know, some of the other things that I do are more on the spiritual side. So really, um, you know, I do angel readings, I do Oracle card readings, okay. you know, basically connecting with that person's spirit team. I believe that we all have a spirit team. Mm -hmm who is there to guide us. Um, people will, will refer to like spirit guides. My belief is that we have this team of beings that are there helping us and they are really wise and they understand what we're here to do and who we truly are and what we're capable of. Right. And they believe in us way more than we believe in us. And so, <laughs> you know, that's kind of part of, and they are connected to our intuition. Like they are part of the reason we're getting these nudges and these inklings and these curiosities and, you know, that color that just sticks out at you, they're the ones like nudging you. Right. So being able to connect with, you know, your team and really get a sense for, you know, what are the messages they have for you? What are the words of encouragement? Mm -hmm. What are the words of love? Where right. are you not loving yourself that they know that you need to love yourself more? Mm -hmm. Where are you overworking yourself where you actually need to pull back and listen to your, your body? And, you know, so those are really fascinating. More recently, I've been working with Akashic readings and that is also fascinating Isn't because it? that's really just looking at like a library of everything that you've ever done across all lifetimes. So your soul, mm -hmm. you know, it's really a library of your soul's experiences, as well as lots of the potentials. So it's fascinating to kind of, 
you know, get a very customized view of you and why things are the way they are in certain cases and, right. you know, some different potentials moving forward. So when I'm working with a client, it's not that I'm trying to say, you need to sign up for one of each of these. Right. Yeah. It's, I will recommend, you know, what I really feel strongly, like what I'm being kind of led to personal, offer. personalizing yeah. it to that yeah, person. Exactly. So when you spoke of Reiki earlier, um, I just wonder, and I've always wondered this, um, I've, I've had other people kind of give me different, different ways to protect yourself and your, your own energies, because that's what it's kind of all about. Um, as an empath, do you find you take on those energies or you've learned a way to, um, to separate it? Yeah. Yeah. So that's a really good question. So the majority of my life as an empath, I took everybody else's stuff on mm -hmm. and that was really heavy and it didn't serve me at all. And so first I learned that we're actually not responsible for the energy of another person. Um, so kind of drawing that line of what is actually mine to own versus what is another, is someone else's to own right. and really kind of keeping that solid line. Um, but definitely every day I do go through like my energetic kind of practice to set my body up for the day. And that a part of that really includes grounding. So, I mean, some people will speak of earthing, getting their feet out on the earth. And, you know, that's a really great way to do it. Mm -hmm. And just like imagine or sense that you've got these roots coming out from your feet and you're putting them down into you know, mother earth. Um, my understanding of that is the earth actually helps us to take away some of that energy and kind of like transmute it or translate it into, you know, something else, something for good. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I just do it as a visualization. You know, I, I imagine these roots coming down my feet and I wrap them around the center of the earth a couple of times and, you know, it just keeps me nice and uh, solid and rooted. So that's part of it. I also kind of put up an energetic bubble. Mm -hmm. And so I just ask for that to be put in place and I intend, and I think a t intention actually is much more powerful than we give it credit. Right. And when you, before we started recording, you had made a statement and I can't remember what it was, but it was the way you said it and you kind of took it back and said, mm. no, I want to reframe that. Is that kind of what you're, yeah, to yeah. your I intentions? Mean, possibly. I mean, so our intention and working with energy, it goes a long way. Mm -hmm. So intending to connect with the earth, intending to have this bubble, it actually does have power. You know, what we believe to be true is, is what actually comes true. Mm -hmm. It's what we actually create in our life. Um, previously, I had said, I would used a word like, I don't know, it's really hard to do blah, blah, blah. And I had uh, kind of backtracked a bit on that. I'm like, no, no, I feel like words, they truly have power. And the things that we say actually call those things into reality. It's mm -hmm. like a manifestation thing. So I had changed that to say something like, no, no, like, yeah, it can be challenging. Right. You know, so it's not absolute. So yeah, I, long story short with that, yeah. I really do think that the words that we use with ourselves, with our other, you know, other people in our lives, um, even with people that we're not directly talking to, mm -hmm. our words matter and they actually have an impact. They have an energy to them. And that energy is not like, it doesn't just stop at you. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you can choose your words very carefully. And, you know, I think that, you know, tying that into mental health, this was a big thing that I needed to learn to help manage my own mental health was, you know, the words I was using with myself, mm -hmm. yes. you know, what I was allowing myself to think, mm -hmm. what I was allowing myself to say to myself, because in my younger self, 
was there was a lot of shame and a lot of guilt yeah and just a lot of really low vibrational thoughts and feelings and you know so they would have looked more like like who are you to have that or you know you can't do that oh you're gonna fail like whatever they were you're not perfect you're not good enough you don't have you know you're not skinny enough you know yeah you don't have her legs whatever it was yep so that was kind of my internal dialogue and it did not serve me well. Mm -hmm. It took me to really dark places. Right. It, you know, basically it completely deflated me. Mm -hmm. And so I had to learn many, many times over probably that the quality of our words that we use with ourselves and in all aspects of our life, they really do matter. Manifestation is a thing. Mm -hmm. Like in oh, what 100%. we believe and what we feel and what we you know, vibrate and, you know, that is actually what comes to us. It actually makes you rethink actions speak louder than words. Mm -hmm. do they? You know, I mean, of course, yeah. that is something. Yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah, words can impact somebody. You can't take them back. Yeah. And depending on, you know, what they are, they can stay stuck in there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, you know, the more we hear the same thing over and over and over, whether mm -hmm. it's coming from ourselves, whether it's coming from another, you know, our parents or whatever, we start to believe it. Yeah. Start to believe it as the truth. And I'm actually going to give you a really silly example because it's really pertinent here. Mm -hmm. So in my early twenties, <laughs> this is okay. <laughs> so this is about moose. Okay. So I was with a bunch of my friends and we were talking about moose and I don't even know what they said, but my response was like, just being silly. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what? I don't really like moose. Like, I feel like they'd be really dirty in a fight. Like they'd headbutt you and kick you in the junk. Like that's just, it's kind of how I feel about moose. Like, yeah. So anyway, I would always joke about that. And, um, but what happened was like for years and years, I would kind of use that same silly joke, just not to get really serious about anything. Yeah. Um, but I started to notice that my body actually started to respond okay. when I thought about moose, I, there actually started to become like more of a fear around them mm. where I was like, Oh, like, I just feel like they're really unpredictable. Like, right. and so by continuing to say that it was actually mind blowing. So the one day I was, I was snowmobiling with my now husband. Mm -hmm. We were going across this field and uh, there was a moose on the opposite side of the field and it was running like parallel to us as we drove our sleds and, you know, it wasn't anywhere near us. Right. And we were going way faster than it could run. But I could feel my body starting to tense. I could feel my heart starting to race. I could feel my like everything just like, <gasps> like that fear and that terror of this animal and like the potential of it to harm me yeah. setting in. And, you know, I got home that night and I sat and I thought about him like, what the heck just happened? Mm -hmm. Like, why would I react like that? Like there was no imminent danger. Right. Yeah. You know, there's probably other dangers going that speed on a sled, but yeah. you know, that was not one of them. The moose was not a thing. So I was like, what is this? And it occurred to me that I had created the story mm -hmm. and the story had started to pick up speed, like speed and steam. And it had become truth to my subconscious mind. Right. So as soon as I saw that moose, I was like, body reacts because this is truth. There is like, that is scary. That is, there's something to fear there. Mm -hmm. When in reality, if I scale it back to facts, the moose was nowhere near me. It was, yes, they are big animals and we do need to respect them. It was not in the rut. So it was really not in that state where it was you Dangerous know, or... super, super unpredictable. Yeah. And we had like an entire field worth of width between us. Like so I really had to start at that point, um, peeling back mm -hmm. the layers of what I believed. 
And why are these things happening? And really question, like, where did that come from? Yep. And is that actually truth? And, you know, this, I guess it fits in quite nicely because this is one of the tools I still use to this day. Like when I find myself in a space where I'm like really, really scared about something or just like really hesitant or reaction, mm -hmm. like a react yes. reactivity yeah. to something, I try to like step back and before I react, just think into that and lean into it and get curious about like, where did this actually come from? Because the things that we actually hear and that we say to ourselves over and over or with enough repetition, they become true. They become beliefs mm -hmm. so that gets implanted in our subconscious. So by choosing, no, that's not my belief anymore. Like that's BS. It's actually not truth. And here's what I believe now. Mm -hmm. I'm going to operate based on fact. And continue <laughs> to believe that thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, and that's the practice. Yeah. Right. So that was, you know, it was a really empowering way for me to start assessing my life mm -hmm. and re just reorganizing and recreating new beliefs. Right. And getting rid of junk that really wasn't supporting me. Yeah. And getting rid of that process of creating a story in my head. You know, we can create, something can happen. You know, somebody can respond to us a certain way. And we create this elaborate garbage story based on no fact. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm oh, really my gosh. <laughs> they they didn't return my smile. Oh, they must hate me. Oh, they must be a snob. Oh, they must be, yep. you know, or maybe I did this. Or maybe they didn't like the way I did that. Oh, my gosh. I, you know, I'm terrible. Ugh, it's exhausting. Yeah. And it's really it unnecessary. Is. Yeah. Like we add all this meaning to stuff that doesn't actually need to be there. Right. And this judgment and this like it's good or bad or. And, and our society and it's indoctrinated into us to, mm -hmm. to want to think that. Yeah. To think everything's better for somebody else or yeah. what are they thinking about me and to turn things around. Right. Yeah. And like the reality. fear. Yeah. Yeah. And the reality is everybody's got their own stuff going on. Like everybody's mm -hmm. got their own stuff that they're dealing with, that they are struggling with. Everybody's fighting their own battle. Everybody's focused on like their own inner feelings, their own doubt. It's not, like, this statement always like kind of blew my mind. It's not about you. Mm -hmm. It never was. Yes. You know, and so we take things so personally on so many levels and when it doesn't, it isn't personal. So you mentioned the ego earlier. How do you yeah. find the ego plays into all of this. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not going to call myself an expert on the mind, mm -hmm. but I'll share what I've learned and what I believe to be true up to this point. And I'm sure that this will continue to uh, shift and morph as I, as I continue to learn. But so the ego mind, I kind of view that you may hear people speak of that term. I believe it to be like our conscious mind and you know how sometimes our conscious mind is um, really telling us like to stay small, to, to stay safe. You know, you can't do that. You might fail. You know, who are you to do that? Mm -hmm. You know, it brings out all these doubts and worries. Our conscious mind is a tool and it's helpful to like think through a calculation and to think through something logically but it also has this aspect of it where it wants to keep us small and safe mm -hmm. because if we're safe like if we don't do anything if we never get out of our little tiny bubble then we won't get hurt we won't right. you know experience humiliation that we did previously and so i kind of view the ego mind as like this part of us that is part of our conscious mind that we need to learn to not give a crap about like to yeah. not listen to really mm -hmm. to not to to not give it all of our power right 
and to really question the things that are coming from it. Like, mm -hmm. is that the only truth? Is that the only possible truth? Right. You know, or are there other truths available? So there's this ego side, this conscious side of our mind where, you know, it's our logical thinking brain. And then there's like this subconscious area. And I always, I, you know, I've seen people use like the analogy of an iceberg. So the conscious mind is like the tip of the iceberg. The subconscious is like this huge monstrous piece underneath that mm -hmm. nobody can actually see. Mm -hmm. And so the conscious mind, the way that I understand that, sorry, I'm probably delving into things that are not. No, this is awesome. I love it. <laughs> but the subconscious mind, as I understand it, it's more like a computer. It's like this database. Yeah. And so it's got a, a storage spot for everything that you've ever experienced, everything that you've ever done. Um, all your beliefs, all your like subconscious programming, you know, things that you learned as truth when you were a child. Right. And so it doesn't necessarily know whether those things are true or not. It just holds a space for it and believes that they're true. Mm -hmm. And so the subconscious mind is really what I view as the thing that makes us like have that knee jerk reaction or react to something. It's because there's something in the subconscious mind that is saying like, Hey, like that's not cool mm -hmm. because I had that, this wound or this experience previously. So where am I going with all this? So the mind anyways, I think it's the ego and yes. yeah. Yeah. So I think, you know, the mind's a little bit more complex than maybe, you know, just the term mind. Yes. You know, as I learn yeah. more, there may be different layers of it. And then mm -hmm. I may have hit the nail on the head with some of those and maybe not. Oh, I think so. Yeah. Um, but the ego really, I feel like it shouldn't be in the driver's seat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like when we allow things to come from our heart, which is really how I view our soul or spirit really communicating to us, the essence, the true essence of us, mm -hmm. I think that is really what has helped me in my life in so many ways and from a mental health perspective. Right. The more that I follow those things, those yearnings from my heart, the more I feel great, the more magic happens in my life. Mm -hmm. An example of that, I'll just give a quick example. So when I, my mom passed away in December of 2020. Sorry to hear that. Thank you. Yeah, and it was really traumatic for me. I was yeah. there like the moments that she passed away and I was there um, helping my brother with her palliative care. And so it was a, it was a heavy time. And, you know, after that, a part of me kind of died with her mm -hmm. yeah. and, you know, I was very struggling and, you know, so everything in my logical mind at that time that was, so this is talking about dog, getting a dog. Okay. My husband started talking about getting another dog. Ours had passed a couple of years before and he was finally ready. And I was like, well, my logical mind tells me like, there's nothing right about this. It's a terrible time. That's an extra expense, like extra responsibility, nothing good about that. But my heart was like, screaming for it yes you know and so i could have you know honored my my ego and my that conscious mind and said like yeah there's like if i look at this from a logical perspective it's really not practical right now and yeah I, you know but when it, you know my heart was absolutely calling for it so when i took that step like doors started to open my heart actually healed because we got that dog. like yes she helped with my healing and i yeah i'm so grateful for that but had i not done that I probably would have been in that same like stuck place. Yeah. Not uh, really able to process those emotions that I had experienced. And so, I mean, so my approach to life has shifted and I'm not saying that this is right for everybody, mm -hmm. but my approach to life has shifted in the sense that I now drive by my heart and I allow my conscious mind to be there and I listen to it and I observe it, but I don't necessarily give it the power to make decisions. Yeah. 
I allow it to be part of the decision-making process. Mm -hmm. And, you know, ultimately I listen to my body and how it's feeling and my heart now. Right. And honestly, that sounds really silly. If you're a business analyst who has a logical mind, Mm -hmm. who's like, but maybe that's what makes their heart happy. Well, and so my heart is happy now. I still, my logical mind still shakes its head at like, oh my gosh, how can this be true? Mm -hmm. But honestly, every time I listen to my heart, Mm -hmm. something pretty amazing happens. Doors open that wouldn't have otherwise been there. Um, Even stepping into this energy work, this is not something that I ever envisioned for my life. Had you told me this 15 years ago, I probably would have used cuss words and said, (laughs) get lost (laughs) kind of thing, right? Yeah. That can never happen, not me. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, this is where my heart was really taking me. There was a reason, some reason that I was intended to be here. And honestly, this is the most satisfying work that I've ever done in my life. Right. Every session with every client is beautiful. Yeah. I've never felt so fulfilled and overflowing. Right. So how does it work then with a client coming in as far as Okay, if they are suffering, whether it be the body pain, pains or anything like that, or it is something um, that they're mentally dealing with, mm-hmm. um, how did how do you kind of break it down? And how do you find out? Like, do you ask questions? Um, is it? And of course, it's a safe safe mm-hmm. space for the client. Can yeah. you kind of give us a little yeah. bit of an idea of what it looks like to come in? Yeah, for sure. So with every client that I start working with, there is like an intake process. So I have a form that just kind of gives me like an overall view of what's going on in your life, what's problematic, you know, and we go through that form and, you know, the responses that are provided and try and get a sense of like, what was happening around that time? You know, how long has that been? Just kind of just trying to feel the energy of what's going on here. Um, when we do that, what I'm really looking for is I, I am asking for guidance on how can I best support you. Mm-hmm. So I am working with your energy, with your spirit team, with your spirit through the entire thing to really figure out like, how can I help this person? Mm-hmm. And am I the right person for them? Mm-hmm. Because it's possible that really this isn't a good fit. Yeah. Um, so from there though, um, I use that guidance to provide recommendations. So I'm never using, I shouldn't say I never using my mind, but like my mind is not in the driver's seat. I pretty much bring forward what their energy system and their team is suggesting. Mm -hmm. And so, and I'll provide my logical thoughts on it, but yeah. Yeah. You know, so we go through that process and pretty much we allow from each point then on the body and the, their energy to drive. Mm -hmm. The process. So where are you at right now in this moment? Because that may be quite a bit different from last week. Mm-hmm. What's going on? How can we best help today? And then we basically, you know, take that approach. We ask for guidance. We go through the process, whatever modality I'm working with, emotion code, body code, whatever. And then we say, okay, well, what's next? Mm-hmm. Like, are we done here? Is there more that we can do? What is the next best step? So, you know, it's very, our bodies are all very unique Mm -hmm. and life also happens in between. So, I mean, I could say, here's how I think we need to go from one end to the other, but then life's happening in the middle Mm -hmm. and we're having emotional experiences or a crisis or, you know, so I'd say every day, like every day that we are connecting and doing some sort of treatment is really looking at, yeah, but what do you need now? Right. Right now. Yeah. 
And it's, you know, I might've had a plan and mm -hmm. that plan may be out the window and that's okay. Right. And it's all about the present. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which is not where I used to live right. at all. Right. I used to live in the past and worrying about the future. Yeah. Which is part of, I think, the mental health challenges that I experienced. A thousand percent. Yeah. Anxieties in the future, depressions in yeah. the past. Yeah. You betcha. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's really what the process looks like. And, you know, how I actually work with clients, it differs based on what they're actually looking for mm -hmm. and, you know, how I can best help them. Some we work on longer term. Right. And so we have longer sessions where we can actually connect and talk about what's going on and then figure out, okay, what are we going to work on today? We, uh, for some people who are working with me in a package uh, perspective, we actually take an energetic baseline, like kind okay. of a reading of their body and all their systems or organs, figure out what's working well, what's maybe not working at hundred percent efficiency, what is happy, what's not in their body. Yep. And then we actually have somewhat of a template to say, okay, well, these areas are really unhappy today. Yeah. Like they're really not working at, you know, maybe less than 50% in some cases. Okay. Let's focus on those and kind of get them to a better space. Right. And then we can go from there. And then we can take like an energetic snapshot mm -hmm. every treatment after that. So when I'm working with people in more of a package offering, it goes much deeper like that. Right. And that was helpful for me because I was like, does this energy stuff really work? Mm -hmm. But when I started doing that with myself, I was like, oh, well, now I can see like last week it was really bad. And I know that I felt really bad last week. Right. And then this week, oh, look, that came up. Yeah, I, I actually do feel better. So like it helped me to give to that logical it. mind something to wrap around. So that was helpful for me and it is for my clients. Can it bring out just as a kind of like a, a warning for somebody who's is going into it? Is it something that can open up things that like that maybe you thought were like you brought up the subconscious mind and mm -hmm. the, right? Is there some something around that that people would have to kind of consider? So I think, um, you know, with all energy work, any, any of the treatments that I offer, there is like a processing period. Okay. Right. Where after the treatment, your body's kind of adjusting to find its new normal, like, you know, energies have been released, maybe trapped emotions were in the way. Now that energy is flowing freely. Mm -hmm. So your body is like adjusting to it. People can feel a little bit emotional after some sessions or even during some sessions. Yeah. It's actually quite rare. And from my experience anyway, um, but it can happen. Oftentimes people just feel a little bit fatigued after a session okay. and just need like a little bit of rest. And yeah. that's like a normal, natural processing right. symptom of, of the body. Anything. Yeah. Yes. And so in terms of like when we get into the subconscious, um, I have never really experienced anything that was like earth shattering in my sessions. But okay. as we're digging around, yeah, it does bring kind of like revelations up, you mm -hmm. know, for some people. Sometimes they see energies and like things from the past that they really don't like about themselves. Right. Um, one of the things that I guess the, the way that I work with my clients or encourage them is like to not make a story about it. Mm -hmm. We acknowledge it, we validate it and we release it. I also like if things were to come up ever that, um, you know, need more processing we can either look at what is the right approach that i can work with yeah. or is there maybe something else that would best support them like maybe talk therapy is the appropriate thing to help work through those things right so i'm never necessarily thinking that i'm the be all end all of course right and, and that's what yeah. i think makes you kind of trusting and you know that you're open to because you do seem you're very open to whatever can help you yeah right yeah and like, it is I different not, for everybody exactly i yeah. may not be the right flavor for everybody yeah but 
maybe I am. Well, and, and like you said, even for yourself, you probably know if it's not the best fit and mm -hmm. we all do. It's it, that's also your intuition when you yes. meet somebody. Sometimes yeah. you just know right away that, yeah. okay, well maybe this isn't the best fit and that's exactly. okay. Right. Yeah, for sure. So, um, this has been so amazing. Um, I'd like to ask everybody, and I always say it this way too, what is the last best thing that you do every day? Hmm. The to last end your day. best thing that I do. So um, at the end of every day, I do kind of an energetic clearing on my body, on my home. I work out of my home. Right. So I still do some IT work and I still do more energy work than IT work. But um, so I kind of do go through a process where I let go of anything that I'm holding on to mm -hmm. that's not mine to own, it's not mine to hold whether that be, you know, a frustration for the day, you know, a circumstance that is kind of outside of my control or like some stress that another person was experiencing or I was experiencing. And I just kind of go through a process where I let that go and I hand it over to the universe. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of take an inventory and just clear it. And I, I go through a process of clearing my space because I'm quite sensitive to energy. And so I don't want any garbage left over from anything that was released or anything like that. So that kind of sets me up for a restful sleep and, mm -hmm. you know, keeps everything in check. Right. Yeah. So um, if, what would you say, like, if you could leave the listeners with um, anything um, in regards to mental health and providing a soft place to land in that regard and what the modalities are that are available, what, what kind of would you leave yeah. them with? Yeah. So, I mean, in terms of mental health, the one thing that I want to say, and I want to say this across all levels of health, to be honest, mm -hmm. oftentimes we think that we're broken, that there's something wrong with us, that we need to be fixed. And I actually don't believe that. And what came to me through my healing process is that we don't, we're not broken. We don't need to be fixed. We just need to heal. And so that's number one, what I kind of want to get out there. Number two, we have some mainstream ways that are known and accepted and are baked into our systems, like our benefits and whatnot. And they can be really helpful. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some of them may include prescription drugs and, you know, those can be helpful. And so I'm never saying that they're, they're not good um, and that you shouldn't go that way, but they are kind of placing a bandaid over a root mm -hmm. root cause. And so I think, where our system may fall short sometimes is actually digging deeper to get into that root cause. And so for me anyways, what I found was that there were aspects of that, our system and what's known and what's acceptable that can be really helpful. But for me, it really came down to digging a little bit deeper and, you know, trying the different modalities to help my mental health. And honestly, there are many different ways that you can help yourself. Um, you know, talk therapy isn't necessarily a bad thing. Mm -hmm. It's it's not. Um, you know, journaling is an amazing way to get emotions out and to kind of like get sort through your feelings and sometimes get intense wisdom from your intuition, like from from your inner voice coming through. Um, but the modalities that I work with that I would say really all of them can help mm -hmm. with to bring greater balance, to maybe clear things that are causing or contributing to certain symptoms. And I would just, you know, encourage you to have an open mind and to, if you find that there's something that feels almost like magnetic about something that you're hearing about, and it feels like you really just need to try it, I would encourage you to give it a shot, right. like dip that toe in 
do kind of like a little test, temperature test. Yeah, this feels like the right way or no, not at all, you know, and, and kind of follow those curiosities and see where it leads you. Yeah. Because often those curiosities are the nudges of our spirit, our spirit team really helping us to go down the right path that's right for us. Right. Not right as defined by somebody else. Mm -hmm. So there are plenty of ways i believe that many of the things that i offer can help and there's also many other things out there that can be very helpful um talking about things and getting those those energies out i think is really important so you know follow what feels right for you right yeah this has been just amazing um the insight like you just yeah that it, it really great information um and it kind of an eye opener, I think, for a lot of people as to like, you really broke down kind of what each one of your offerings is. Um, sometimes it's hard to, to understand it. Yeah. And that's where um, you wind up maybe, nah, I don't believe in that. I don't want to do that. But you really yeah. did. Thank you for that. Thank you. And for being so open and honest about, about your experiences as well. Absolutely. Um, again, I, is there somewhere like where you have your website transcend wellness is there where else can people find you yeah so my website www.transcend-wellness.com so that's one way to find out about what i'm doing my services and i am going to be shifting kind of how i i offer services moving forward and uh whatnot they can find me on social media so instagram and facebook and the handle is either at sherry lynn shaw s-h-e-r-r-i-l-y-n shaw s-h-a-w or um transcend wellness all one word dot c-a right so those are kind of the primary ways that people typically will find me and you offer many different workshops yep. and classes and all that kind of stuff too yeah right? i love so if you doing workshops to dip yes. into it a little bit yeah they're a great way to kind of get a sense for you know even like one of the ones i offered recently was uh you know dismantling fear mm -hmm. and so looking at that from various different perspectives you know using questions to get curious and kind of dig into things using emotion code to clear emotions that were um, causing those fears, that type of thing. Um, so it's a great way to kind of get a taste tester for like who I am, what I'm all about and some different tools to actually help yourself. So I love those workshops are so fun. And you know, the, the safe space that we create to share and grow together. I, I just adore those. Mm -hmm. So, and yeah. the interaction yeah. even cause there's, you know, a group therapy and stuff. This mm -hmm. is, I find whenever I go into these kind of workshops, it's not so much the you know, examples of what happened to you and going back into the past. It's yeah. more about the healing. Yeah, exactly. It, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not interested in dragging somebody through the mud that they've already had to go through. Right. That's, um, that's the guilt and shame. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I don't, I'm not interested in, you know, talking through, I'm not a talk therapist. So right. like going through all that, it's probably not the best way I can help you, but how can I help you? It's to shift your energy. It's right. to start, you know, maybe considering things in a different way. It's to start clearing some of those things from the past. And, you know, some of the things from the past, this fascinated me because, sorry, this is complete sidestep nope, here, but, um, you know, when I started working with the emotion code and really trying it out on myself, what I found was that there were a number of emotions that were mine mm -hmm. from my lifetime. There were also another number of emotions that I had just absorbed from other people. So as I'm an empath, Yep. You know, that's where I was like, oh yeah, that wasn't even mine. And I'm still holding on to it. And it's actually impacting my life now. Right. And then there were emotions that were inherited. 
So my parents and beyond my grandparents, my great grandparents, Mm -hmm. you know, and so everybody in this world, I believe is kind of doing the best that they can with what they have. Yeah. And so I don't hold any blame to my grandparents or great grandparents because they, they pass this on energetically to me. Um, but what I do recognize is that we're all just doing our best to get through life and Mm -hmm. to figure it out and do the best that we can. And now we actually have some tools and some understanding on how to clear that energy. And so that's a really beautiful place of empowerment. Like that is a point of power. I can choose to stay in the soup of all this stuff. That's not even mine Mm -hmm. and keep carrying that with me. And like, it's like a U-Haul truck of stuff. That's, you know, half of it's mine, a bunch of it's not, or I can start clearing that. And the other beautiful thing that I experienced with that is like inherited emotions. For instance, when I clear it on myself, it doesn't just clear it on me Mm -hmm. just by the way it works. It clears on everybody who's inherited that. Right. So it clears the energy of it. And I was like, wow, isn't that a powerful mm. ripple to make in the world? Right. Like I'm not, I'm just cleaning up my own stuff. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that always really rubbed me a little wrong was, um, you know, when I would try and change the world or like, look at the, the malfunctions in our world. Um, you know, some of my spiritual kind of leaders that I would you know turn to, they would be like, yeah, to heal the world, you have to heal yourself. And I was yes. like, Ugh. But I mean, what I've experienced is that there's truth in that. Mm-hmm. When I did the work to do the deep digging through kind of my my energetic state and clear out some of that stuff, things just started shifting around me. I wasn't forcing anything on my husband, but things started shifting with him. Right. You know, people respond a little bit differently. It actually did just change the entire dynamics of certain things. Mm-hmm. And that was really beautiful. So, you know, we can put in this... I'm going to tie this into mental health because it so ties in. You know, when I was looking at all the things that were completely outside of my control and putting all my focus on that and getting so angry and worked up about it, like I could just feel like, right? Yeah. Um, You know, I wasn't actually doing any good by that. It was actually just putting my body into a really uptight state, angry, upset. My nervous system was on high idle, like no healing was happening because I was always, you know, so tightly wound that didn't get me anywhere. But when I was able to focus on just my stuff Mm -hmm. and focus within and clean up my stuff instead of worrying about everybody else's stuff, that's where the magic happened. And I think that that's one of the key things that helped to shift my mental health was I was no longer looking at those things that I couldn't control and just like getting myself in a frenzy about it. I was saying, okay, well, what is in my control? Mm -hmm. Well, my energetic state, my reactions, my responses to life, how I choose to bring myself into certain places and, you know, the energy I bring in with me, am I going to choose to be a hot mess that's all tied up into all the, you know, nastiness and anger? Yeah. Or am I going to choose to just take two minutes to meditate and get into a calm, centered, peaceful state and come forward and do something productive and meaningful and positive? Right. And so I think that there's, we hold more power than we give ourselves credit for. And I think that, um, I just really want to highlight that. Right. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, you bet. Thank you. I, I think that's the perfect place to, to say, um, to end the podcast and, um, thank you again next thank week. You, Carrie. Yes. <laughs> it's been beautiful. Again, I will have all of the, um, her information, Sherry, Sherry Lynn's information, um, on the post and on the podcast and you can get a hold of her. Um, you can give me a follow on Facebook at Carry On With Carrie Podcast or on Instagram at Carry On With Carrie underscore podcast. 
And um, yeah, give me a listen and follow if I love the support. And if you know somebody that this might help, please feel, um, you know, if you feel called to, to give it a share. Uh, next week, um, I will have next Thursday, Lydia Duncan, she's going to, yeah, go through some of um, about how to get through being a mom and all that good stuff. So I'm looking forward to that. And I hope everybody has a great, a great week coming up. Take care. Mm -hmm.